0: This is Brad, and this is Queer Writers of Crime, and it's time for our special month end episode. I've asked for help with the name for these, and later you'll hear me refer to this as a celebrity book recommendation episode and maybe something else, and I make it clear I wasn't fond of that name. For now, I like authors recommending authors. So I'm going to stick with that, but if you feel like you have a better suggestion that would work, let me know, and maybe we'll change it over. In these episodes, guests I've interviewed over the month offer book suggestions. And in this episode, I have Dar Kelleher, Bud Gundy, Anthony Badoka and Meredith Dench. And they say who they think you may want to check out. And there's some good ones. So I bring you the May 2022 edition of Authors Recommending Authors.
1: It's time to put on your sleuthing cap, feel nail-biting dread, and face heart-racing fear. This is Queer Writers of Crime, where you'll get book recommendations and hear interviews with LGBTQ authors of mystery, suspense, and thriller novels. Here's your host, Brad Shreve.
0: Okay, Dharma, this is the second celebrity book recommendation episode I've had I'll eventually come up with a better name for that, but uh, (laughs) as you know, each month at the end of the month, the guests that I had on, uh, they give me a book recommendation, and you were the first one this month to give me one, so you're right at the beginning of the episode. So who is the author you're going to talk about?
2: Robin Geigel. She is a uh, LGBTQ activist, and she's also a, a practicing attorney. And um she has recently launched her second book in her Aaron McCabe legal thriller series. And uh, if you're a fan at all of the John Grisham books, you will absolutely love her series. Uh, the first book in the series is By Way of Sorrow. And the new one uh, that came out just in January is Survivor's Guilt. And uh, the main character in the series is Aaron McCabe, a lawyer who is transgender. And uh, the first book was absolutely fantastic. And the second book takes place a little bit more in the courtroom, but it's every bit as exciting. A lot of drama. Uh, and the character that she represents, uh, it's its really, really fascinating. I just love the characters. Erin McCabe, her partner's name is uh, Dwayne Swisher. And they make an interesting team uh, as they, they tackle these cases. This one involves... It seems like drawn from the headlines with the whole sex trafficking, uh, conspiracy, millionaire, hobnobbers kind of thing. Um, Hmm. I can't think of
0: who that reminds
2: me of. Yeah. Who who (laughs) could that be? You know? And and so it's really I mean, it's it it had me guessing right to the very end. um, And yet it it had me keep turning the pages uh, late into the night. So it's it's an absolute brilliant novel. Uh, just a wonderful cast of characters, absolutely,
0: and for those that aren 't familiar with Robin and didn 't hear the episode that she was on, I suggest listening to it because one thing if you 're one of those people that hate lawyers, Robin will change your mind
2: absolutely she <laughs> is
0: she's just fabulous, and she has done a tremendous amount of work for lgbtq issues in uh, yes. New Jersey and has been honored by the governor and the a c l u so she she 's a tremendous individual. And by way of sorrow, I have not read the second book. By way of sorrow, knocked my socks off. Mm-hmm. A good recommendation there. It, can you tell us a little bit more about the story, or is is that going to give too much away?
2: I don't want to give too much away, but it it, it basically it starts with uh, the death of a, a millionaire businessman, and that appears to be a suicide. But as the clues emerge, um, it turns out that there's this in, you know, elaborate conspiracy going on. And she ends up defending uh, one character who ends up dying early on in the story. I don't want to give too much away. But then she, she ends up representing another character. And it really pulls into the drama that really is the legal system, which is something that I could never write because I'm not an attorney. And so you know that this was written by an attorney because it's done with such deftness and skill and 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 precision that uh, it's just like wow it's just it's just beautiful every bit as entertaining as like the good wife or the the good fight or anything like that if you're a fan of those series you'll you'll enjoy the both of the books that she's written and I look forward to more in the series but she's basically uh, she's representing someone. Who has been the victim of sex trafficking, and uh, it's uh, there's all kinds of intrigue about identity and secret past, and and it just it's just wonderful. It's just absolutely wonderful. Well, well done. I haven't read
0: it, but my guess is, uh, unlike Perry Mason, there isn't a breakdown, uh, full no. confession <laughs> in the courtroom at the very end. <laughs> and uh, I would say. Your opinion matters most to me, but regarding survivor's guilt, the New York Times thinks it's pretty damn good too.
2: Yes, yeah, she got a starred yeah. review from Publishers Weekly. I mean, <laughs> that's something I could never hope to achieve. Uh, so, it really is a great story. One of the things I really like about the story is trans characters are given agency. You know, and that's mm-hmm. that's one of the things that trans representation is important for because too often. The trans characters are are throwaway characters, but certainly not in her stories, not in my stories either. But the brilliance of the characters, the characters are not defined by being trans, but their experiences have certainly been shaped by that. And that's what I one of the things I really enjoy about it.
0: Well, thank you very much. Thank you. People can just add another one to their list.
2: Yes. (laughs)
0: Mr. Bud Gundy, what author are you going to recommend to us today?
3: Well, um, I can give you the name, or I can just start, and you'll recognize it soon. I think.
0: Oh, let's do that. That sounds like a fun game.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think that um, uh,
0: just—is it the best of times and the worst of times?
3: It is not Charles Dickens. Oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, this book was set in Los Angeles. I love LA. I love visiting LA for a few days. Uh, but I would not want to be in L.A. very often, but it was nice traveling back there with the story. I've been meaning to get to it for a long time. And the uh, lead in the story, the protagonist, is named Mitch O'Reilly. He's a P.I., and as well, as well, he's a veteran with PTSD, and he's the owner of a struggling spy store called I Spy Supplies. I'm not familiar with this book. You're not? No, I think no. you may be intimately familiar with this book. <laughs> I've heard it. I think I've
0: heard of this guy, and people say he's all right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, he's better than all right for sure. Um, I've never read anything from him before, but uh, Victor Ver, Verboom, I think, is how you pronounce the name of the victim. Yes. He's, Okay, he sets the story. That's a clue to who the author was. Uh, Sets the story movie by being murdered in the steam room of Club Silver Lake, which is a bathhouse in Los Angeles. The official suspect is Ernesto Torres. He's a love interest of the deceased, as well as an employee of the Club Silver Lake. But there are a host of other suspects, including... The victim's husband, Warren, the victim's brother-in-law, his long estranged daughter, and her skeevy boyfriend, a couple of other skeevy people, and the list goes on. Now, Mitch is hired by Eve. She's a lawyer for the accused, and he works the case with a sharp eye for detail, as well as a sharp eye for a handsome, struggling writer who works at the bathhouse. I really enjoyed the way the various gay cliques and social circles in L.A. were illustrated through different characters. I thought it was skillfully handled without too much detail. And I think that that's key, just to give enough, just to set the stage. But I especially like Mitch's world, the way he struggles to pay rent on his store, the way he struggles with his bossy twin sister, Josie, the way he struggles to get something good going with Trent. But mostly he struggles with this case and two subsequent murders that must be connected somehow, but there's no real obvious tie. Question here, a question there. Quick observation and memory, and it's a lot of fun to watch as Mitch starts putting the pieces together, just in time to realize that he must leap into action to save a character who has turned sympathetic for me anyway, at least from his uh, initial introduction in the book, and is about to be murdered. Now, I love the way this uh, cast of thousands is easy to follow. I didn't get lost in the twists and turns of the mystery. It kept me engaged, and I knew what was happening at all times. Several times, though, I have to say, I wondered why the author was spending so much time on these seemingly ancillary details, like the weather in L.A., until suddenly the weather plays a central role, and the many references to scorching hot days suddenly make sense. I thought that was really well done. So, mystery, romance, well-developed characters, a hint of future love at the end, plus a bathhouse. I mean, what more could you ask for? I am recommending A Body in a Bathhouse by Brad Shreve.
0: I am very (laughs) honored, and I want to assure everyone, I try not to ask the guest who they're going to review. And I can tell you, Bud did not tell me. Nope. Bud, you'll get $200 in the mail. Uh, Bud did not tell me uh, who it was going to be, so... I'm very flattered. Thank you.
3: Yes, it was great. It was a lot of fun. It, it is something I bought it actually, like we do. Especially if you have an e-reader, you know, I bought it many, a long time ago, and it's been on my list forever. So I was glad to finally get to it, Brad. I really enjoyed it a lot. So, is your next book going to be a Mitch O'Reilly mystery as well? I know yeah. you did one after this,
0: right? The second one's Mitch O'Reilly mystery. The third one is also a Mitch O'Reilly mystery. It is a little different. I, I can tell people a little bit about it. Uh, Mitch is still going to be Mitch. She has these huge issues. Okay. Right. But it's going to be lighthearted because it takes place at a bear event. Ah. And for those that don't know what a bear event is or conference, uh, I'm going to really go stereotype here because it's more than that. <laughs> but if, if somebody drew you in a picture and said, this is what a bear looks like, he would be chubby, really hairy and wear plaid. <laughs> shirts okay but no you there's guys that don't have hair There's skinny guys that are of involved course. they call them hunters, but i was given a stereotype just so you know what it is and they have these conferences all across the country and even around the world and i know mm-hmm. guys that go to every one of them yeah every single one i attended one up Joe. you probably know it uh it's on the is it the russian river
3: oh the uh was it bear week or not bear week uh lazy bear
0: lazy bear yes what's the town? Guerneville. Yeah. Now have you been to that one?
2: I
3: have. I usually am really busy that time of year. They usually have it in like early August and I, I have to work so much then I can only go for like the day, but my boyfriend frequently goes and he he likes to go there and camp. And it's really fun. Although I have to say the best bear event I think is Bear Week in Provincetown. I had a fabulous time at Bear Week. <laughs> and, and Mitch is gonna have fun at his Bear event. <laughs> well, it is a murder mystery, so
0: I don't know how much fun he'll have.
3: <laughs> oh, he'll uh, be popular there, I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he will be popular there. There has not been a bear uh, conference or event here in L.A. for quite some time. It, it ran for several years.
3: Yeah, neither here.
0: It folded, it's just folded. They don't do it anymore. So I'm bringing a bear event back to L.A. All right. It's going to be called Bear Funery. Perfect.
3: i i really liked that mitch uh, as i said that mitch was a struggling character you know not just emotionally but financially like in every area of his life was a struggle and i i admire writers who can pull that off i have always you know like (laughs) My characters tend to be, you know, I just can't give them so many challenges because then I have to deal with those challenges. (laughs) So I I really like that. And I hope that he and Trent um, manage to get together. But anyway, it sounds like maybe they don't. But I don't know. We'll see. People in general win it. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Like I said, I did love the way the suddenly the, the references to all the weather like suddenly made sense to me. I understood why it was so hot and dry for so long and people were trying to turn on the air conditioning. And all. and then that was really critical for the end of the book. So I, I, did, I did like that part of it. Thank you very
0: much. I appreciate it. And I just appreciate in general doing a book recommendation.
3: Yeah, absolutely, Brad. Thank you.
0: Anthony Badoka, your book recommendation is next, and you just pulled a surprise on me mm-hmm. because you didn't, we never talked about what book you're going to recommend, and you just told me you're going to do three.
4: Well, <laughs> you know, I like to surprise you, Brad, and I'm actually not even going to recommend books at all. I want to recommend three mystery series that are written by Canadian authors that uh, right. potentially your listeners may not have heard of. So, okay. So I'm going to begin with uh, an author by the name of Gail Bowen, and I bring her up for a couple of reasons. One is that she is probably my earliest inspiration. She was the one who taught me that a Saskatchewan writer can write about Saskatchewan and be successful, and her series is about an amateur sleuth named Joanne Kilborn who lives in Regina, Saskatchewan, so a city of, a you know... About three hours away from where I live in Saskatoon, and uh, Regis Digest has called her the Queen of Canadian mystery. So you know she's got to be good. Yeah. Uh, her latest book is called Image in the Lake, and I believe it is the twenty-first in the series. And I like this series because it, I think, it shows a realistic and evolving portrait of a middle-aged female protagonist. Who you know finds herself in positions solving crimes, but also you know her domestic challenges being a widow with three teenagers. It's not a LGBTQ series. However, when we first meet Joanne, she has these three children, she's widowed, as I say, but then she adopts a young daughter. And we get to you know, know this character as she grows up throughout the course of the series. And about maybe two or three books ago, that daughter came out as lesbian. And mm. I've never really seen that happen before in a long running series where you get to know this character quite well as a child, you see them growing up, and then their coming out is almost like, you know your, your your niece or nephew coming out. It really was interesting. I think it was surprising to readers, and it's a surprise to the other characters in the book. This is a series that I think several of the books have been made into made for TV movies starring Wendy Crewson. Which I don't know if you have you do you remember that movie Air Force One with Harrison Ford? He's the president on an airplane that's being attacked. His wife, his the first lady, is played by Wendy Crewson, and she plays uh, Joanne Kilborn in in the movies. It's it's the type of series where you're not in it for the violence, or really even for you know a step by step solving of crime. This is more about dealing with social issues like sexual harassment and racism and feminist politics. It's. It's a really addictive series, so that's that's my first recommend.
0: Uh, okay, it's Gail Bowen, and what's the name of the series?
4: Joanne Kilborn.
0: Joanne Kilborn. Yes. Okay.
4: So my second recommendation is we're now moving a province over to Alberta. Uh, the author's name is Gary Ryan, and he writes the Detective Paul Lane series. Uh, you may have heard of him, or some of your listeners might, in that his second book in the series called "The Lucky Elephant Restaurant." Uh, Juan the Lammy in 2007, and he's been shortlisted, I think, two or three times since. This is a police procedural. It begins with, you know, books that really are looking at the prejudice that gay cops go through in a, you know, a small city police department. And again, you really get to know Detective Lane throughout the course of the the series. The um, most recent book is called Katrina's, and it's the 11th in the series. Um, Kind of like my books, it's a blend of the mystery and the characters. Both are are very strong uh, in that series. So again, that's the Detective Lane series, and the author is Gary Ryan. The third series is written by a gentleman by the name of Ian Hamilton, and now we're moving to Ontario, sort of the eastern end of Canada. And this is a lesbian main character named Ava Lee. And she's a young Chinese-Canadian forensic accountant, so maybe you can tell what drew me to this series. And, (laughs) and, And she specializes in recovering massive debts that aren't likely to be recovered in any other ways. What's unique about this series is that she's based in Toronto, but most of the action in the series takes place somewhere in Asia. And she is taken under the wing of a character named Uncle, who's this elderly Chinese man who has a mysterious background with the Triad gangs. Uh, Ava is this real kick-ass gal who also, you know, likes to have, you know, travel first class and wears expensive earrings. Uh, she's a really interesting character. You know, I'm not the type of person that would ever be drawn to a series that has a lot of violence and deals with with gang warfare, but there's something really addictive about this series. Uh, I really quite love it. The most recent book is called Diamond Queen of Singapore. And I think that's probably about the ninth or tenth book in the series. I I would really suggest that everybody give this series a try. You'll you'll find it surprising, and you'll learn about things that you never would have thought you'd be interested in. It kind of tricks you that way.
0: And I would say, if they read some of your novels and the other three, they would get a, a spectacular tour of Canada.
4: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Uh, and something, uh, I would say people in the United States certainly don't know enough about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We don't know geography. We don't even know our own geography here in this country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm told that a lot by people in other countries. So
4: anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, Canada's hard. We have some, we have some tough names. Like, you know, my <laughs> province, Saskatchewan. Like, who's ever supposed to know how to pronounce that? But
0: it looks a lot like Kansas.
4: Absolutely, it does. Yeah. No, the joke around here is that it's hard to spell, but easy to draw.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> true. All right. Well, thank you again. It's, uh, I appreciate those, and they sound like winners.
4: Great. Thanks.
0: So, Meredith Dench, I am anxious to hear what book you are going to recommend for us today. Who is the author?
5: It is Chelsea Kane. I am a huge fangirl of Chelsea Kane.
0: What makes you a fan of Chelsea Kane?
5: Well, so when I first knew that I wanted to write some sort of crime thrillers, she was kind of the first author that I came across that I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. So if you don't know Chelsea Kane's work, she has, um, at the moment, there are six books in her series. They follow Archie Sheridan, who is a retired detective who had a very unbelievable case with a serial killer that has completely wrecked his mental health. And that serial killer was a woman named Gretchen, who was never actually caught. And so in this in the very first book, which is called Heartsick, Gretchen comes back and Archie has to get into action. And even though he's Suffering with all kinds of PTSD and all these things, he has to get back involved to help solve this case. And he teams up with a young reporter named Susan.
0: I I want to stop you for a second here, because in reality, female serial killers are pretty rare. Yeah. But one of the best thrillers, I wish I knew the name off the top of my head, one of the very best thrillers I ever read. Yeah. Just knocked me away.
5: Chelsea Kane does it. Her, Gretchen Lowell, is the name of her serial killer. And she is the serial killer in all six of the books. In some cases, she's incarcerated. In other cases, she's out. And it's really interesting the way that she plays with it. I just love her writing. And I. It was, it really was like that moment for me when I first started reading her books, where I was like, this is what I've been trying to do. This is what I want to do, you know? And it's not that queer crime writers haven't inspired me. You know, I absolutely love, you know, Cheryl Head. And um, I was just saying J.M. Redmond is one of my all-time favorites. And J.M. Redmond was actually writing at the time, when I was first picking up Chelsea Kane and reading her, but I just hadn't heard of her yet. So Chelsea Kane doesn't really have queer characters in her books, but she just was very inspirational to me.
0: You're not talking about the series today. It sounds like you're going to talk about a specific one in a book in the series. Is that right?
5: Yeah. Well, and yes, I guess that I would say that, you know, you kind of have to read these in order. So the very first one is called Heartsick, And so that's the book that inspired me the most. That's the one I was telling you where... Archie has to come out of this really hard experience. He's already retired and he has to come back to try to help find Gretchen. And he teams up with Susan, who is a very young reporter, who, like her very first reporting job. So it's it's really interesting to see how this older man kind of works with this younger woman and how they bounce off of each other in order to try to catch her and how they use the media To also engage the killer and pull the killer out. Um, It's just a wonderful book. It's a wonderful, wonderful series, honestly.
0: Well, if it inspired you, I would say it must be a wonderful series.
5: (laughs) But I will say the one thing, you you got to be into serial killers to like this. Because she really plays with the idea of the serial killer and kind of the legend that they kind of all hold and that kind of a thing. So, and it, it can be gross, I will give you a little bit of a caveat there, a little bloody, but it's still one of my favorites
0: and I'm going to add if you don't think you are into serial killers, read it anyway i mean i lo- <laughs> I love really funny comedies, and I love dark serial killer thrillers, and I like everything yeah. in between mm-hmm. there's
5: yeah, Chelsea Kane's a great writer. one of the things that I know that I know that she's been working on um book number seven in the series and i don't know if it's going to be released in 2022 i'm thinking probably now it's probably going to be 2023 um but she's bringing back her characters after they've been sort of on hiatus here so that's always a really fun thing to kind of go back and revisit you know after some time
0: well great sounds like you gave everybody a good one
5: <laughs> thanks for having me Red.
1: You can get more information about episodes, plus scoops on book releases and promotions by LGBTQ crime authors each and every week. Simply head over to QueerWritersofCrime.com and sign up for the newsletter. Brad made it easy and put the link right here in the show notes. Need a little nudge? Click it now, and you'll also get a free ebook by one of a select group of outstanding authors. That makes not subscribing just plain silly. It's all yours at queerwritersofcrime.com.